Hey everybody, I'm Chad Harms, and this is Testimony, a podcast telling the stories of how and why people became Christians. On today's episode, our first bonus episode, you'll hear more from my conversation with basketball star Grayson Boucher, who is better known as The Professor. In it, we discussed the role his brother played in his testimony and vice versa. We also discussed the furthest he ever felt from God, the importance of personal study in developing his faith, and how he almost got beat up in China for throwing a ball off of someone's head during a game. Before it plays, I wanna thank all of you who listened to our first episode. From what I've read online, the downloads we received would put our show in the top 20 to 25% of all podcasts. I think these stories are really important and hope that this show will compel some to give their lives to Jesus and many to share their story with others. With that in mind, the more people to hear it, the better. If you wanna help the show have more of an impact, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thanks for listening. If you stay until the end of this episode, you'll hear a listener submitted testimony. I'm excited to share it with you and I'd also love for you to share your story with us. You can do that at testimonypodcast.com. Just fill out the form at the bottom and I'll read some of those on the show. I also wanna make a quick note about our podcast schedule. Every first Tuesday of the month, we will put out a new 30 to 40 minute episode telling the story of how and why someone became a Christian. Two weeks after that, we will put out a shorter bonus episode like this one with more content from the conversation that I had with that month's guest. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We have some incredible stories coming up and I don't want you to miss them. Speaking of that, here's a clip from next month's story with hip hop artist turned leadership coach, Jacob Espinoza. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, it's, I mean, it's a hamster wheel, right? Like you're just kind of like going in a circle, you're not getting anywhere. There's the immediate gratification followed by the hangover, followed by getting drunk, you know, which is the immediate gratification. It's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle um, where no, nothing productive is happening. is in the service i just felt this overwhelming uh exp- experience and uh, it was just kind of like a calling almost right kind of like understood like why my why i felt like i was unaligned for a portion of my of my life or kind of felt like something was missing okay now without further ado here's more from my conversation with grayson boucher so fill in this blank the furthest i've ever felt from god was before t- 2011, I, I couldn't even pick any of the years. They're all probably the same, to be honest, because, yeah, the few conversations about Christianity or Christ that I would ever have were real brief, and I didn't pay much thought. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, the more material or success you have, you know, the more comfortable you can be, the more you don't feel a need to rely or think about God or anything. So, yeah, I, th- I was just distant altogether, you know? Me and you would have had a conversation about Christ. It would have been like foreign language back in the day, and I would have probably left it and be like, ah, it's interesting. You know? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard for me to pick one moment. 
Before you listen to this next part, you need some context. I actually was inspired to make this show partly because I had heard a story about Grayson becoming a Christian that was centered on his brother praying for him for years. However, when I interviewed Grayson, it was apparent that the story I heard wasn't exactly true. So I had to ask. So wait, how does your brother get involved in this? My brother, I believe he gave his life to Christ in, at Salem Academy. And for him, it was interesting because outside of his friends at Salem Academy, you know, his world was, in my world, you know, it was different. You know, we weren't Christ Center family, you know, um, we'd go to the gym, it was no Christ. So for him, it was kind of interesting because he felt like, you know, myself and other people wouldn't understand where he's at. And I remember he said he was, you know, he'd be praying for me here and there. I don't think he took his walk too serious. Um, you know, even in high school or post that, you know, in college and different things. But it was interesting because when I had transformation and came to Christ in 2011, I think it sort of inspired him and he started taking his walk more serious. And uh, through that, we, you know, we became closer and, you know, we're still like best friends today. But, um, yeah, so it was an interesting uh, series of events that sort of led to, you know, both of us striving to honor Christ. Kind of not giving up on each other. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah, because, I mean, when he was in college and I was on, when I was touring, we weren't super close. Um, we li- His freshman year in college, we actually lived together. And then when I moved to Los Angeles and he was doing his thing, Still at Shemekina for another year. We weren't as we weren't as close. Not that we had like hatred for each other or anything, but we didn't talk that much. It was just you know season of life where we're just on different different vibes and you know. But current day, you know, we talk every day. So um, yeah, it was sort of interesting how that weighed into things. Yeah, I remember he told me he was praying for me. I would have had no idea. This next thing Grayson said was unprompted. It is about what happened in the years that followed his decision to give his life to Jesus at Escalade's funeral. I think it is important for all of us. You know, it, it was interesting for me because, like, the intellectual side thing was important too. You know, like, because for me, I thought, I think through all my experiences, like I was telling you, from preschool to high school to what I would hear from Christians, it seemed more like a way of life. It was like, hey, if you want to be good and focused and do good stuff in life and be looked at as that guy, then you do the Christian thing. It didn't actually think it was rooted in truth. When I came to Christ initially. I wanted to know, like, is it rooted in truth? Like, everybody says, be like Christ, and the Bible says this. But I'm like, well, who said the Bible's true? Why why is Christ the Messiah, you know? So <clears throat> that still really interests me. And just on my own, I, you know, I took a few classes at my church and I studied theology just from what I could online and listened to a lot of sermons. And I was really interested in that part. And I think those first couple of years studying that stuff on my own really went a long way. And strengthening my faith as well. So yeah, studying that the next couple of years, 2012, 2013, really being heavy in the sports ministry, involved in that. At the sports ministry, the church I go to, the one I was had mentioned earlier. The Shepherd, right? The Shepherd of the Hills Shepherd Church. Of the Hills, that's right. I, they actually have me doing a camp every summer. And it's, uh, it's, Christ, it's Christ Center, but anybody can come. People know that gym for basketball even if they don't know Christ or are familiar with the church wow. because it's epic. It's like the best league and it's like the best men's league in LA oh. and they got an incredible gym. So even if you weren't Christ, you hear about it by default. 
if you just want some good competition or whatever. So, but they do a lot of stuff for the youth year round. I mean, a bunch of camps in the summer, but anyway. There's this other topic that I'm really interested in, and that's competing as a Christian. Because of my interest in that subject, Grayson and I spent some time dialoguing about it. At some point in our conversation, I asked about a video that went viral where he threw a ball off a guy's head in China and the man started chasing him. Here's that part of our conversation. So you uh, you threw a ball off a guy's head in China before you were a Christian? <laughs> that was like a big deal. No, I was Christian. Oh, you were a Christian then? That was then. 2013. Oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> that was like a big deal, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, that was just a move, you know, a street ball. Hot no, sauce. I know, but they oh, okay. didn't know, right? No, no, no. So, so uh, what happened was we were playing a CBA team. That's the Chinese top league in the NBA in China. So, great players. They we're playing a preseason game. They don't know ball up is. They don't know what an one was. The dude was only 22. So. This dude's 22. Daniel wasn't even born when I started playing street ball. So, I don't think he was familiar with the off the head, the whole street ball. You know, I don't think he even knew he was playing a street ball team. I think that he knew that some of the guys on the team were notable because of their sort of style of play, but he didn't know the history behind it. And he didn't know he was playing a street ball team in a preseason. So, what, what we do is we play our own style. We played it like a street ball game. They're playing it like a conventional NBA or you know CBA game so the guy was frustrated because plays prior to that one um, something happened where I was kind of like dancing with the ball I did a move and went around and hit a jumper then the next play down I went by him and he like fouled me then I came down and did these aren't right in a row but close together I came in and out behind the back and he fell hit a jumper so by the time I came back down the momentum of the crowd was on our side crazy so I was trying to dance with the ball for a minute and and go, <laughs> and go off his head but what happened is kind of slipped it kind of hit him like a more less on his forehead and more closer to like his brow line so I think he just thought I was trying to disrespect him and he didn't like the embarrassment from the previous plays and so I think yeah so I think he just lost it for a moment depending on how you carry yourself doing like you know disrespectful moves on the court you know, it could either be pro-Christ or not. The last thing I want you to hear is near the end of our discussion about a movie that Grayson played the lead role in. The movie was never released, which probably felt disappointing at the time. But as you'll hear here, God even used that for good in Grayson's life. It had some good basketball in it, but it wasn't about that. It was about, It was really like, almost I would say more so like, very sad and uh, didn't end in the happiest way. You know, so like if, you, if you're a company, you want to invest millions of dollars in marketing a movie, you want it to be a hit, you want to make people feel good, stuff like that. So I feel like it was more of a deep insight, a cool, but deep insight into the foster care world where kids are abandoned, and parents commit suicide, and trying to find a host family. And so it's kind of deep. So I never got distribution. I think that it had offers, but they initially passed them up because they were going for a theatrical release and it never happened. And, uh, it wasn't the most Christ-honoring movie, I'll be honest. So if it did come out, I don't know how I'd feel about it. <laughs> it would be out there. Marketing that, yeah, for sure. So I'm, you know, I'm bummed for the everybody who was involved that it didn't release because I know there was a first-time director, second-time producer. They they've done ton plenty of things in Hollywood now, though. Those same people, they've been successful. So it's been great. I was bummed that it didn't go off for their sake, but for me, I have no regrets at all. 
Before I let you go, I want to read to you a testimony from one of our listeners, Nicole Wangler. She told us this. Growing up, all of her friends were Christians, but she didn't believe herself. She heard the stories about Noah's Ark and Jesus, but thought she needed a seed to believe. In early 2021, she was dealing with the fallout from a bad relationship when she met another man and quickly fell in love. After they broke up, she struggled with intense depression and started cutting. At the beginning of her collegiate school year, she was seeing a therapist and taking antidepressants, but she still felt unstable and afraid. It was then she met a Christian named Jenna who would become influential in her spiritual life. In fact, it changed everything. She started praying and writing Bible verses in her journal. Later, she attended a fall Christian retreat and knew God was saying to her, you can't have one foot in the present and one in the past. After that trip, she started going to church and joined a worship group. And soon after that, she chose to follow Jesus at the prompting of her Christian uncle. She's now started a new life in Christ, is back dating that guy she fell in love with, and is getting baptized later this month. Praise God for all of that, and thank you for sharing that with us, Nicole. I would encourage all of the people listening to say a prayer for Nicole and her new relationship with God. Again, if you want to share your story with us, go to testimonypodcast.com and fill out the form there. I'd love to share some of those stories here. Thanks for listening.